Hey, everybody. Welcome to the You Were Born for This podcast with Father John Ricardo. That's me and Father John, your host. I'm the executive director of Acts 29, where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transforming the church. And uh, we're back together uh, as a threesome right now. Nick and Mary, guys, good to see you again. You've been off. We've been off. We've been not podcasting. We've been trying to take care of mental health, right? That's what it feels like. It's a full-time job. It's been a while since the three of us have uh, hopped on together, so this is exciting to get back after it. Yeah, you know, I just want to give a quick shout-out again to Father Patrick and to Father Ryan. Um, Guys, we uh, just want to tell you how much we love you and uh, what a gift it was to be on podcast, Uh, Mary and myself, with uh, the two of you. Uh, The feedback from people... Uh, with regards to that podcast has just been... Off the charts. Yeah, thanks. So uh, let's continue to pray for them and for all priests in these days and for uh, for all disciples, for our country, for the church, for the world, for um, pretty much everything, right? That's what we're going to cover today. Nick, what is this topic today? <laughs> Today's topic, because this recording is on his feast day, is what would JP2 say? There's a lot being said right now. Now, some people are young. They don't even know who JP2 is. Oh, gosh. What would St. John Paul II? Ah, St. John Paul II, Saint. who I usually refer to as St. John Paul the Great, right? Awesome. So, Because uh, he is great. He was. He was a man who deeply marked my life, and uh, I think of him, talk to him, uh, remember him all the time in my own prayers and uh, daily goings on, huh? So let's pray, shall we? Yes, please so do. I'm, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to open us, if I can, with the uh, excerpt from chapter 1 of 2 Corinthians. Here's what Paul writes. We do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him, we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. So, Father, we thank you for the witness of Paul and all the saints down through the ages who were able at one and the same time to acknowledge the peril and the challenge and the difficulty of the times that they were in, and yet were able to live with unshakable confidence and trust in you who are our Father and who are good and who are always faithful. So we entrust this podcast episode to you right now. We ask that you'd animate our conversation in the ears of all those who hear continue to keep our eyes firmly fixed on you. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So guys, you know, we, uh, we oftentimes, of late anyway, when we've been doing talks, gatherings, whether it's with priests or with uh, the lay faithful, uh, we've included like this honest assessment of where we are mm-hmm. in the church, right? Because so it's just worth like, I think the way we talk about it, if this was any other organization, like, it would give itself a failing grade, you know, and I don't mean to make light of this, but um, we've gotten used to in the church some really abysmal statistics, right? Like, 79% of Catholics don't go to church. The average Catholic household gives $10 a week. Um, surveys, 45% of Catholics never ever go to confession. Ever. <laughs> Ever, I 
like a third of Catholics believe in the real presence, oh. right? I mean, like, and you can go on and on and on. So, you know, <laughs> one of the ways we kind of jokingly refer to this is like, so go go experiment, try new things, because it like how much worse can it get? You know, it's really bad right now, tragically. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, as we were talking and praying about this uh, episode, it, it's worth just doing like, how about an honest assessment of where, not just like you, Mary, or you, Nick, or where I am right now, but where a lot of people are right now, you know? So we got some some really jarring headlines. COVID cases are on the increase, right? Yep. We're, we're, we're hearing news about uh, uh, the potential for major outbreaks again, which is causing a lot of concern and fear and unrest in people, which on a, on a church level means... You know, like for my brother priests, like they just can't win in these days. Like they're just getting beat up like crazy. You're you're a coward for abiding by what the the bishop or the state is asking you to do, and so you 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 actually abide by you know masks and numbers and all that, or you're reckless and you're just not regarding the science. I mean, guys, guys just can't win, right? So that's just one thing that's been with us for months now, mm-hmm. huh? That's one of the honest assessments. There's a whole set of other ones too, right? Well, and, and just, I mean, just to build on that for a quick second, we were just talking to a, a priest the other day who's in a spot where COVID's on the up, upswing. Um, and you could just see it on his face. You know, he thought, he thought maybe like, okay, kind of we're, we, we kind of found our groove. We're kind of managing the COVID circumstance. And all of a sudden it's back in his face, quarantines on staff. You know, and, 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 and they're on quarantine, some of these priests we've been talking to. And you get to see it like, oh, my gosh, it's just back in my face. I have to yep. make more decisions about this. It's exhausting. Yep. It's exhausting. Totally exhausting. But that's not the, that's not the end. No, would that it was. <laughs> right? We got this little thing coming up next week. Oh, my gosh, the election, right? And, and that's all it is. It, it, it's the election day itself. It's actually voting day. Right. It's probably it, it's not voting. an election day. <laughs> so, so that's all it is because I don't think we're going to know what the result of that election is perhaps for weeks. And so it's just all the rhetoric between Democrats and Republicans and the left and the right. And I can't remember an election that has been this filled with vitriol in my entire life. The headlines just causes your heart to get heavy. Yeah, no one's got a crystal ball, right? But it, it's, it seems like everybody I know, I, I'm, I'm in that camp too, we're, we're all kind of bracing for the fact that it doesn't matter how the election turns out, it looks like there's going to be some unrest. You know, please More God, that, that, the, that the Holy Spirit just covers our country with calm. I mean, that's why we want to keep praying and fasting and asking the Lord to be merciful to us. But I mean, we're, we're, we look to be two very different countries right now. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we're so divided on so many issues. Um, that's just another one of the, you know, items for the assessment. We got other things too, right? The anti-Catholic rhetoric. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it, so it's, it's been there, but with um, Amy Barrett, at right, you know, coming into this, the Supreme Court, it is it is unbelievable how much the Catholic Church, Catholics in general, have just entered the front and center, front and center attack, full full assault. You people are dangerous. Like she's going to send us back to the 1850s, which means, right? You, you guys, yep. yeah. those of you who believe yep. in Jesus, the like you're us. dangerous. The like you just you're, you're setting us back in time. Like these people are scary. They're nuts. They're wacko. 
they're illogical, and it's it's open season right now in uh, many places against the church. But even that isn't the whole of the honest assessment, right? So last no. night, driving home, you know the the the. The, the, the vigil of the feast of St. John Paul II, we hear Pope Francis's recent comment on civil unions. <laughs> Which is still being played out as we're recording right. this, right? And yeah, so, totally. and, and so like, we want to be really careful. We want to be very respectful of the Holy Father. But what it's caused is tremendous confusion, confusion right? Like, you got a bunch of emails and texts. I got a bunch of emails and texts. I know you were going yep. home, Nick, talking about it. There's still people going like, what did he say? And what does this mean? And, you know, maybe you heard about it yesterday at Mass on Sunday, but, like, maybe you didn't either because there's so many things potentially to talk about right, right now. And so we could go on and it was on. It like there's, one more log on the fire. Yeah, and there's, there's all these are just the headlines today, right? I mean, Mary, you were saying before we jumped on podcast. Yeah, like like these are just the headlines. This doesn't even take into account what we're dealing with just as moms and dads. And uh, we have families and we have our own day-to-day challenges. We have our joys. We have our challenges and our struggles. Um, personally, um, my husband's father just passed away. Mm-hmm which meant we were with family, and that was a little bit awkward because of COVID. It was a little bit awkward because of politics. My mom is in a nursing home. I haven't seen my mom since February, and I had a chance to visit her through a glass. You know, I mean, just some of these things are just like really heartbreaking, right? And so we have just the day-to-day messiness of life, of our own personal lives, and it can cause us to get a little bit... um, not discouraged, but a little sobered. Yeah, so we, I think many of us have probably seen the study that was done. I don't even remember who it was done by, but it was back in June. You know, they did a study on mental health in our country. At that point, that was June. Uh, and it, I think it showed one out of 10 American adults in the month of June, in the 30 days of June, had seriously considered taking their lives. Mm. That's an alarming number and it was 25% one out of four young adults had seriously considered in that 30-day period taking their lives and so I mean there's been a lot of reports of late on the uh, the strain of mental health of those who uh, are living through the, the the pandemic in our country and as Christians we're not immune to that you know, I mean, so you mentioned the word discouraged, like, like as we were talking about this podcast and thinking about what we were going to record and praying about all this, you know, it's, it's as if, you know, we want to just allow people permission to be real right now. Like, this is a lot coming at just us. acknowledge what you're feeling. Yeah. Like, anybody out there discouraged? Anybody feeling beat up? Anybody feeling like, what's the use or want to quit? You know, I, I, I felt like the... The, the devil gave me this uh, image, if I can say it that way, or maybe God gave me the image, I'm not sure, of like standing on a shore and I was looking out at the ocean, which was really violent, and there was this relentless, oncoming, infinite almost number of massive waves that were about to hit me, and I was standing alone on the shore. And, and the, the idea behind the image was, it was as if the devil just said, almost taunted, you going to quit? Because I got another wave after this one, and I got another wave after that one, and I got another wave after that one. So you're going to quit? And that's why I think the, the message from Paul in Second Corinthians is so timely right now. 
Like we're living in an onslaught in this world that we live in, and it's okay to acknowledge, hey, we get down sometimes. Mm-hmm. And yet, what's the title of this episode? <laughs> what would John Paul II say? <laughs> yeah. What would John Paul II say? I almost forgot. <laughs> and why? So I mean, we, we think it's really significant that we're recording this episode on John Paul II's feast day, right? So John Paul II, I mean, so some of us are young enough that we don't remember him really except from pictures. I was 13 when he was elected and then got to meet him more times than I can even remember because I was fortunate enough to live over there for a while. And so here he is standing on the loggia at St. Peter's, October 16th, 1978, and his words are, do not be afraid. And these coming from a man who, by all accounts, would have tons of reasons to be afraid, right? This is 1978. He's living in Poland, or at least he was living in Poland before his election. Mm -hmm. Poland, as it's been described sometimes, was the country that lost World War II twice. Mm -hmm. You know, it not only endured uh, the Nazi regime and all that, uh, that happened there, but then it endured communism and all that the Soviet Union inflicted upon the people of Poland. This from a man who lost his mother, his father, his brother at a young age. Um, This from a man who was a contemporary with John Paul Sartre, you know, who had every reason uh, to uh, to espouse the same philosophy that the other man (laughs) had, which was life's absurd. Mm -hmm. But he didn't think life was absurd. He said, do not be afraid. Not because there aren't really hard things going on in the world. Not because evil isn't real. Not because um, we're not supposed to be affected or impacted by what's going on. But because Jesus is Lord, God is a good father, he is faithful, he keeps his promises, and he has us in his hands, and he's created us for this time. You know, like it, it almost seems like a... Um, a comedy this morning, you know, to talk about, you were born for this. And we're like, yeah, but I don't want to be born for this. I want to be born in an (laughs) earlier age, you know? I want to live in a simpler time. But there was no simpler time. There was never a golden age. There's never been a golden age since Eden, right? Uh, St. Augustine talks about, what what golden age are you looking for? Did you forget the flood? Did you forget Sodom and Gomorrah? (laughs) Like, did you forget Auschwitz? Uh, Egypt? 400 years? Yeah, you know, (laughs) know. (laughs) just a little trifle, right? So like it or not, God has created you and me to be alive right now in this time, and we have a part to play, right? So it's okay to acknowledge what's going on, to take this honest assessment, but I cannot fall prey to discouragement, and I cannot let fear overcome me. It's not to say that I don't feel fear, but I'm not going to let it win, that's right. As Christians, we don't have the luxury of right. despair. No, we don't have the luxury of despair. And I hear a, I hear a fair number of Catholics mm-hmm. kind of have this response as things increasingly get more difficult, as you even feel the onslaught within the church herself right now as a Catholic, right? There's, there's, a, there's, there's a lot of um, attitudes that say, let's run for the hills and wait this thing out. And even if there's not actually action behind that, that's just the mindset so often, right? Now, I'm, like, I'm not denying, like, today we're talking, Mary, this morning, like, I'm, I'm sitting here with my head down, like, man, this is just a tough, this is a tough day. But, but to actually have this mindset that I'm just going to kind of run for the hills and wait this out is to get yourself out of the mission. And I know we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but, like, we can't 
lose the focus, you know? I yep. mean, wrestle with your emotions, get mad, get angry, work through it, pray through it. But, like, you, you, can't, you can't give up. You can't, you know, throw in the towel. And you can't respond in kind, which would look like vitriol, hateful language, Anger. You're not allowed to talk like that. No. And it's like the, the mission is the constant through it all. And if you, I'm thinking about like taking a hill in battle. So we've got a, we're in a spiritual battle right now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're climbing some hills to plant some flags and it's getting exhausting. Right. And, and it, what we're trying to do right now is simply to remind people we've been in a spiritual battle from the beginning. beginning. Okay. So deep breath, everybody. Which is not to say you don't feel, it's not to say that we don't respond, it's not to say that we're not impacted by whether it's COVID or by the election and all that's coming after it or by, you know, the confusion that's coming out of uh, the lack of clarity regarding the, uh, the Holy Father's comments, which is being sparked in so many circles, at least as of today, right, as we're recording this. It's not to say we don't feel those things, but it is to say, like, the Lord calls us to be missionaries in this world. Paul was for his time. John Paul II was for his time. You and I are for this time. And so, you know, as, as I keep thinking about what's happening, what, what do I need to do right now? Like, I need to find a way to make sure that interiorly anyway, I am calm. That's the big challenge for me right now. How do you do that? Great question. Still struggling, to be honest with you. But I mean... <laughs> um, it, so how do I do that? First is, is just to, uh, to understand right away, I'm living in a fallen world. Like, I, I see some, this sounds so silly maybe to say out loud, but it's true, right? Like, this isn't heaven. I shouldn't expect it to be heaven. So this world is a fallen world, and Jesus talks about... Um, the enemy, who's not the other, you know, uh, political party. party or another race or a different gender. The enemy is the enemy. The devil is the enemy, right? And Jesus refers to the devil as the ruler of this world. Paul refers to him as the prince of the power of the air, the God of this age. You know, so God is faithful. God is God. God is, there's only one God. It's God. And yet he has allowed the enemy to do his work in this world. So I should not expect this to be perfect yet. And yet, even though that's true, that this is a fallen world, God is faithful. And he's done something about this. What's he done? He sent his son as a man to rescue us Hmm. and to go to battle. And he did that by becoming man and going to the cross. And in going to the cross, he triumphed by his death and his resurrection over the enemy. And so we're living right now in this time, which oftentimes in the church we refer to as the already and the not yet. Like Jesus is already Lord, and yet not yet fully do we see that played out, right? The devil has already lost, and yet not yet fully do we see that, or there wouldn't be everything happening in the world around us. We wouldn't see people getting shot. We wouldn't see things being on fire. We wouldn't see any of that, right? We wouldn't see abuse or whatever. But the devil knows he's lost. Like Revelation warns us, like he knows his time is short. He knows that. Don't be deceived. He knows that. And so remembering those things, that God is faithful, that Jesus is Lord, that he's already won the victory, 
um, that this is a fallen world, that the Lord will return and put things back together, and he's created me. I don't know why, but he's creating you and me to live in this time. Like, those things help keep me calm. Yeah. As I'm listening to you talk, Father, um, I was before, I said of us were before the Blessed Sacrament together the other day, and um, I was kneeling before him, just kind of laying out all the things that are weighing on my heart, whether it's what we're living through in our nation or just the sorrow of having lost my father-in-law or not being able to hold my mom when I saw her um, or, or everything that we have. So it was kind of like this litany of my burdens, and I just kind of laid them down before the Lord. And I heard the Lord say, but I win. Mm-hmm. And I went, of course you do. Like, of course you do. But I think one of the ways we can restore that calm is just to be really honest with the Lord and say, Lord, this is everything that's on my heart, and I just lay it at your feet. And when you do, you have some place to lay it all down, and you walk away filled with this peace, the confidence that he has won, that he has done everything that you said, Father John. And I felt at the same time, at that same day when we were together lead, uh, leading a retreat, as we were in front of the Blessed Sacrament, I felt like the Lord just said to me, you ready to ride? Let's go. Mm. Um, because we're in this conflict, right? And we have mm. to keep repeating this over and over again, because in this, in the uh, kind of inflammatory, inflammatory era that we're in right now, we want to be careful of our rhetoric. You know, the battle is not against another human person. The battle is, is against the principalities and the powers of the air, right? This, it's a spiritual battle. Our weapons, again and again, we have to repeat this, our truth and goodness and beauty and love and forgiveness and integrity and character and repentance. You know, it's, it's these things, right? But, but we're in a spiritual battle, and to pretend otherwise is simply to be ignorant of Scripture mm. over and over again. And so, like, okay, I, like, we talk often, you know, Mary, it's your line, and we, we just love this line. I love this line in a particular way, like, rescued people rescue people. That's the mission of the disciple. We've been rescued. Like, somebody's brought us into a part uh, where we've come to acknowledge who Jesus is and what he's done for us, what the Father's done for us through his Son. And that's freed us. It's freed us from the, from the power of slavery to sin, to death, um, to error, uh, I mean, I'm still a work in progress, uh, as everybody is, but now we want to be used by the Lord to go rescue other people. And no matter what happens in the election, no matter what the Pope says next, no matter what the COVID numbers show, no matter what happens, like the mission stays constant. And it as does- you often say, Jesus is still Lord. He's going to be Lord November 4th. He is going to be Lord November 4th. And um, as we talk about this, I'm reminded of a couple things. One, no small number of times did Jesus say things about being persecuted, blessed are you, how difficult the journey would be, uh, build your house on rock. I think he, he said didn't say like, all men will, all men will hate you because of me. Okay, like. Oh. To pick me up. Yes. Yeah, so, so, but like, the, there's, there's so. You don't, do you? There's you so don't hate me. <laughs> I don't. Good. <laughs> so, <laughs> but there's, there's so many times the Lord told us the journey would not be easy. Saints and visionaries who've gone before us have told, told us how difficult the journey would look and be. I'm specifically reminded of a scene. We've talked about the chosen a couple of times on podcast. Um, we, we all love the chosen here um, at X29. But there's a scene where Jesus is talking to uh, St. Peter's wife, Eden. Mm. And he's, he's, he's talking about the challenge 
that she'll have, uh, you know, in, in, in her life, especially being the wife of St. Peter. St. Peter's now been called to follow Jesus, all these different things. And there's an exchange where she, she says something like, I can't make everything easy. And she beautifully says in response, that's not our people's way. Mm-hmm. And for us as Christians, as disciples, let me just tell you, that is not our people's way. It will not be easy. It is not easy. You know, Nick, thanks for sharing that. Um, I'm thinking about a discussion that we had yesterday with a dear friend of ours who came by uh, to visit us here in our offices. And uh, I think my takeaway from that conversation was something like, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Because that's exactly what he was, that's exactly what Eden was saying. And I think sometimes when things are going swimmingly, we forget the absolute utter, utter dependence we have on Jesus. And in these days, we're on our knees and we're crying out, right? right? And it's going to get uncomfortable, and I think we just have to get comfortable with this well, new place that we find ourselves in this new season. Right. It won't be long, and we're going to be in the season of Advent, and Advent's going to remind us again and again as we look forward to the return of the King that there will come a time when all these restless desires that we have, this hunger for peace, this hunger for things to be as they should be, like all of that. It's going to happen when the Lord comes back, either when I die or when he returns, whichever one comes first, right? When the Lord comes back, all will be well. It will be perfect. But we ain't there yet. And so we just need to keep reminding ourselves. We have those desires. Those desires are a way, one way of reminding us um, again and again that that's going to happen. You know, like you get, you feel hunger pains. That's because there's food. (laughs) You long for things to be better because... That's a way of telling you, like, things are wrong. They shouldn't be the way they are, and God's going to restore things. But he hasn't restored them fully yet. That's our task to try to do what we can in the meantime until he comes back. That conversation we had yesterday with our dear brother, he he just uh, had a great line as we were talking, like, it's worth just reminding Christians, like, the church has been from the beginning a resistance movement. Again, not against that other human person, against the enemy, uh, against the devil uh, and the principalities and the powers, uh, and that we picked the fight, right? Jesus says, you know, in, in the Gospel of Luke, he says, when a, when a strong man, fully armed, guards his possessions, his possessions are safe. But when one stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, then his possessions can go free, right? Who's the strong man? It's the devil. Who are his possessions? It's the whole human race. What's his house? This world. Who's the one who breaks into the house to attack and to bind the strong man so that his possessions can go free? That would be Jesus. Jesus is the stronger one. huh? And so the Lord picked the fight. And then he's called you and me to be agents in his hands right now so as to continue his liberation movement, if we can say it that Mm. way. Yeah, I like how you say, Father John, we're behind enemy lines. Mm. And we are just blowing stuff up. And to be, just like you said, to be clear, not blowing up people, (laughs) not blowing up buildings. We're We're blowing up the lies of Satan, which are everywhere and rampant right now in his attacks. We're blowing that stuff up. Which can inflict me. Uh, oh, absolutely. They have inflicted me. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, we, we, we talk, I apologize for cutting you off, Nick. I mean, 
the, the, the line that comes immediate to, we, we use over and over again the line from C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity, where he says, you know, the story of Christianity is the story of how the rightful king is landed, landed in disguise, you might say. And our task now is to, he calls us to take part in this great campaign of sabotage. That's, that's the Christian's life. It's a campaign of sabotage, you know, and, and once more, lest anybody misunderstand what we're talking about, um, the, the weapons that we use are truth and goodness and beauty and character and integrity and forgiveness and mercy and repentance and all those things, huh? It's not violence towards another human individual, um, but we want to try to liberate people from the God of this world and the prince of the power of the air. You know, I wonder if I can, um, the, the, the passage that comes to mind, we began with a passage from 2 Corinthians. I wonder if we can end with this passage from Sirach, which has always been a, a favorite passage of mine. And maybe it's particularly timely for us right now in, uh, in the midst of everything that's going on. So in the second chapter of the book of Sirach in the Old Testament, um, God inspires the sacred author to write these words. And so let's maybe let the Lord just speak to us right now in these. He says, my child... If you come forward to serve the Lord, prepare yourself for testing. Set your heart right and be steadfast. And do not be hasty in time of calamity. Hold to him and do not depart, that you may reach full growth by the end of your life. Accept whatever is brought upon you. And in changes that humble you, be patient. For gold is tested in the fire and acceptable people in the furnace of humiliation. Trust in him, and he will help you. Make your way straight and hope in him. You who fear the Lord, wait for his mercy, and turn not aside lest you fall. You who fear the Lord, trust in him, and your reward will certainly not fail. You who fear the Lord, hope for good things, for everlasting joy and mercy. Consider the ancient generations and see. Who trusted in the Lord and was put to shame? Or who persevered in the fear of the Lord and was forsaken? Or who called upon him and was overlooked? For the Lord is compassionate and merciful. He forgives sins and saves in time of affliction. Woe to cowardly hearts and to slack hands and to the sinner who walks along two ways. Woe to the faint heart, for it does not trust. Therefore, it will not be sheltered. Woe to you who have lost your endurance. What will you do when the Lord punishes you? Those who fear the Lord will not disobey his words, and those who love him will keep his ways. Those who fear the Lord will seek his approval, and those who love him will be filled with the law. Those who fear the Lord will prepare their hearts and will humble their souls before him. We will fall into the hands of the Lord and not into the hands of people. For as his majesty is, so also is his mercy. Those are timely words, I think, for us, right? When you, when you aspire to serve the Lord, prepare yourself, in another translation it says, for an ordeal. Well, here we are. We have an ordeal. <laughs> we got an ordeal, <laughs> right? And we might have preferred a different one at a different time, but that's not the luxury that we have. God created us for this moment. 
And because God created us for this moment, not because we're here by chance, but because he created us and he's our father and he's willed us to be alive right now and he's with us, do not be afraid. St. John Paul II, the great. Pray for us. <laughs>